How's Tuesday? Hope it's good. Was Plank talking about the uh, internet apocalypse? I guess he was because we have, uh, Jesse said, bring on the internet apocalypse. I welcome it. So I guess, I think Plank was talking about like some solar storm or something like that that could bring on the internet apocalypse. Does that mean the Lord is finally Solar storm? Yes. I guess it was a NASA story. Plank, I caught just a little bit of it as I was walking down the hall. And I guess there is a pending internet apocalypse in the next decade. Do you think the Lord finally said, you know what? There's too much trolling. There's too much BS out there. I created this thing and you guys messed it up. So that's it. Well, it would certainly increase the appeal of radio. I mean, there's already a lot of appeal here in general, to be honest. But I feel like the radio business would boom. You in think the so? Absence of the yeah. inter- I mean, think about it. The news cycle is no longer immediate in the absence of the internet. How do you get news you gotta, without the internet? You can't do like you got to turn on the radio, local TV news or something. And I, I've got friends in local TV news, but you know, uh, you get your news from the internet. But I'm I, just, I think the man upstairs has made a decision. I'm creating a solar storm. You fools have ruined this, like you ruin everything else. And I'm taking your internet. That's probably what's happening. I I just forgive me here. I I'm just struggling to make the connection in my mind between a solar storm and an internet apocalypse. How is one related to the other? I I guess the storms are going to be really bad, and it's going to wipe out the internet. I'm just struggling. Well, all those satellites up there, you know, up in space oh, and everything, okay, 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 okay. wind will blow them around real good, if you know what I mean, and that'll create an internet apocalypse. So no more message boards for me, so I can't get on and dog Todd Bates anymore. I don't know. We'll see. Listen, if God were to decide that the internet needed the Sodom and Gomorrah treatment, I, I don't <laughs> think that would be a huge shock at We're this point. We're way past Sodom and Gomorrah. They are like pure Sodom and Gomorrah was like a place that they would consider, you know, the deities or whatever deity you believe in. I know which one I do, but Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, is pretty much Vegas and Miami right now, right? One listener on the text line said, the son saw Big Game Boomer's account and said, that's the last straw. (laughs) Tyler from Kellyville. Yes, Steely, I could totally see the Lord saying BS. You know, the Lord has to look down and just shake his head. Yeah, BS for bit, Bible study. Right. Yeah, the more Bible study, exactly. less internet. No no Bible study via the internet. You get your old school Bible, man, and you break it out and you start studying. That's what you do. Somebody on the text line said it's called gamma rays, Parker. Mm. Like, I didn't pay attention in science class. I'm going to have to be educated. Somebody's going to have to bring We got us a Poindexter in the 404. After eighth grade, I was checked out. You don't know what the gamma rays are? Because I don't either. Those sunglasses, or what are they? Gamma rays. I'm not sure. 404, though, clearly is a very, very smart individual. Well, he lives in Atlanta, so. Well, Atlanta, I mean, yes.
Great place. Somebody from the 402 said, if anybody at the Rev would know how to get the news without the internet, <laughs> let's be serious. It'd be stealing. Hey, come on, 402. I, I'm pretty good for an old man. I would give myself a B-plus for an old man. All right? I'm not saying I'm on TikTok or anything like that. But seriously, I'd give myself a B for an old guy. If the gamma rays wipe out the internet. Who is using mid, huh? Me, <laughs> right? Find another, uh, what would the, I'm, I, what's the Latin prefix? I'm trying to, I know when you get to 70, it's septuagenarian, then it's octogenarian. I have to like go in the opposite direction in my head to figure it out what, what generian you are <laughs> when you're i guess sextogenarian would that be the word whatever find speak- me another near sextogenarian speaking of octo, that is using the word mid whatever whatever happened to octo mom is she still out there with the eight kids i'm sure she is it's just you know reality tv runs its course at a certain point and it's on to the next thing there you go Chuck says BS stands for boomer sooner. <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. But no, if if the gamma rays were to wipe out the internet, no longer would we be educating you, Steely, on how to exist in the internet age, but it would be you educating all the rest of us <laughs> on how to exist and thrive in a society without internet. Because hey. I haven't known a world without the internet in my lifetime. Dude, I used to come up here sometimes after a night of partying and get the West Coast basketball scores off the AP wire when we had a ticker right in here. Uh, So, yeah, we used to rip and read off that thing. So, Steely, the solar system is coming down if we strike out on Stone and Oneary. Well, I have no doubt about that. There's going to be some kind of apocalypse. Steely sounds kind of like Steely makes money from streaming video games on Twitch. Most listeners only Twitch from their meth. See, that shows that I'm a hip happening, whatever generian I'm about to become soon. It's not good when you're a generian. When do you officially become a generian? At 50? No, technically you're a you're a generian regardless of what you are. Oh yeah, you so are. you're just a generian. It's just not really worth like to call me. I don't even know what it is. What the, I didn't pay enough attention in Latin either. I didn't pay enough attention in science, and I didn't pay enough attention in Latin to know science. what generian you are when you're in your twenties. Somebody tell me what kind of generian I will be uh, in August when I turn sixty. I'm going with sextogenarian. Okay. That is my best guess. That sounds like somebody who's busy getting it on, a sextogenarian. <laughs> what it sounds like to me. So, sextogenarian. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just sexagenarian. Sexagenarian. Whoa, which sounds even sounds more tawdry. tawdry. That does sound tawdry. Believe me, there's none of that generian activity going on at this <laughs> age. All right? I'm just saying. Oh, uh, what what is <laughs> more like no sextogenarian? <laughs> not that it's not a thought; it's just you know physically, it's very challenging. Uh, we're ten minutes into hour number one, and the show's when already off the rails. What the, when you're asleep on the couch at nine fifteen? That's I'm just saying that kind of generian activity is 
limited. Well, I mean, hey, you're not officially a sexagenarian yet, so maybe once August rolls around, <laughs> the tides turn, the sands shift. The tides are not. Uh, Steely is an exogenarian. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are smack dab in the middle of summer, are, are we? Yes, are we? we Is truly it officially are. summer yet? Was it June 21st? Is that what it is? I yeah, something like that, June twenty first. So yeah, we're we're officially we've officially reached summer. You know, I think this might just be the kind of show that America needs today. Or parts of the southern plains at least. But uh-huh. you know, we've got a wide that? reach with that app, man. We've got a wide reach. Okay, and I was just thinking we were gonna have a serious first segment, but with the uh, pending solar storm that will create the internet apocalypse i mean it's going to be like generation z out there or whatever people are just going to be trying to find weapons you know driving around in their trucks looking to make sure and they can stock their bunker and just you know it's going to be complete chaos like if you've seen black summer on netflix which is another uh zombie iteration out there which is actually pretty good it's very different but that's what it's going to be like when we have the internet apocalypse people are going to start cannibalizing each other it's going to be really bad really bad well we've heard from ethan downs hater on the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line who says holy crap this is as bad as the other station which officially means we've reached talk some sports territory Mm -hmm. hopefully ethan downs hater you will be the zombie's first meal during uh, the <laughs> internet apocalypse. <laughs> they will come after you. There's no doubt in my mind. Because Steely does not tolerate Ethan Downs aid. Well, the man upstairs just doesn't want the trolls to survive long term. That's why this storm is coming. All right. Uh, I don't even want to mention Lasher Home Comfort Systems and attach them to this first segment. So I won't do that to Tim Lasher, but I want to thank them for sponsorship. Okay, uh, we are going to talk recruiting because, again, today at 6 o'clock, right, Xavier Robinson's decision? Yeah, I think it, originally it was going to be 5. Now I guess it's going to be 6 per his tweet from earlier today. Either okay. way, decision coming tonight for three-star running back Xavier Robinson out of Carl Albert. Expected to go in OU's direction. <laughs> uh, 98% of the texts have been hilarious. Good stuff. Good stuff. 98% of this segment has been There's hilarious, if I do one. say so myself. There's always one. There's always one to spoil the party every time. All right. Uh, let's take a break right here. 405-651-3439. We will talk recruiting when we get back. Yes, Jocelyn Erickson did enter the transfer portal. So another suitor is leaving. Portal-wise, that is Jordy, Jocelyn Erickson, Sophia Nugent. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but a lot of recruiting, a lot of college football stuff ahead today, and uh, some T-Row hilarity as well. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You want to eliminate your reading glasses, you know, you get a text and you've either got to put, you know, your phone like right in front of your face or reach it out like 10 feet, however long your arms are, what your wingspan is, just to read the text. You don't want to do that. And there is a remedy, the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center and the one and only super scintillating sensational Dr. Bellardo. 
That guy is the best in the field. His team, the best in the field. They've been leading the way in the Oklahoma City metro area for over 20 years now. And you can get fixed up as well. When the upcoming uh, internet apocalypse happens, you want to see what's happening, right? So get ready. 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo. Or you can go online to ALCOK.com. Like they always say there, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here. Where is here? That is the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. So get your free consultation from Dr. B himself, 405-755-7700. They are, they're really good. They're awesome. All right. uh, So Xavier Robinson, 6 o'clock, and you are at, what, 95% or so? Yes, 95% is a good number to put on it, I would say. Okay. OU's the overwhelming favorite here. And they're doing a battle with Iowa State. So, like, you lose this type of battle to Iowa State at the 11th hour, people aren't going to be happy, and understandably so. But, fortunately, in the vast majority of cases, these types of decisions, these types of announcements, ceremonies, are pretty low drama. You've got a good idea of where the kid's going, and in this case – most everyone is on the same page that Xavier Robinson's going to be a Sooner this evening. All right, there you go. So uh, what else is happening? Uh, we're still waiting on uh, uh, Wyatt Gilmore, Jay Sean Ross, Zion Raggins. Um, any news there? Taylor Tatum, obviously, uh, is one that everybody's waiting on. But are we expecting a Robinson commitment tonight, and then what are we thinking over the next week or so, or by the end of July, what do you think the Sooners could have numbers-wise in terms of new commitments? Because they're going to get one tonight. I believe Tyler McComas and I set the over-under on July commitments at 6.5. Now, I think by the time July 1st arrives this weekend, Oklahoma will have at least two more commitments. Okay. So – be looking at what would that be 10 at that point so you got eight now right that would make it nine anywhere from 16 to 18 by the end of july there you go and uh july is where you really want to stock up but again some of the bigger names you would think duanary stone guys like that are going to take some time right but taylor tatum do you still think that happens within a week 10 days what are you thinking now i would bet that well i there is no there's no, there's no no guessing no telling what that kid's timeline is going to be at this point because it seems it's been pushed back uh indefinitely and people here indefinitely they think oh are we waiting months no it's just that nobody has a clear idea of when it happens so as things stand right now i still expect taylor tatum to end up in oklahoma's class OU is the overwhelming favorite when you look at the predictions across the industry, but nobody has the faintest idea when it's going to drop right now. All right, 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and we are happy to uh, shout out Last Year Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour here on Steelman and Thune. 405-579-3113 for any heating and air need you need addressed. Uh, last year, Home Comfort Systems will do a great job for you. I've been in business in the Oklahoma City area now for 16 years. Tim Lasher, great, reliable Sooner, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You want to go to the text line? 405-651-3439. Uh, here we go from a listener in the 405. He's a three-star running back. Does it really matter where he goes? 
Talking about Xavier Robinson. Yes. Yes. Uh, look, in, in stuff like that, I just trust the coaches, man. I, wasn't Quentin Griffin a three-star running back? Guys like that. Samaj P. Ryan, Samaj OU's P. all-time Ryan, leading rusher, three was a three-star running, star back. running back. Believe it or not, the, the look, you want to go after and sign as many five and high four stars as you can, but for every Adrian Peterson and Caleb Williams and Jackson Arnold and Gerald McCoy, Tommy Harris, I was thinking about this today, there's a Demarcus Granger, Jeremy Calhoun, R.J. Washington, Mo Dampier, or Trey McTwire. It's an inexact science. The other thing is there's some kids at Carl Albert that can play some football also coming up. And you also have Kevin Sperry there now as the quarterback at Carl Albert. So there's a little pipeline from there. Carl Albert can play some football. So how beneficial, again, would it be to get Xavier Robinson tonight, as expected, and then have Kevin Sperry, a, who could be a future five-star. Most people think that'll probably be the case, or at least a high four-star. And then you have some prospects there, Parker Thune, and Carl Albert coming up as well. Yeah, and we've talked I, – I believe we touched on this and locked in yesterday, but with Kevin Sperry at Carl Albert and with Xavier Robinson at Carl Albert, assuming Robinson picks Oklahoma tomorrow, I think the hope going forward is that you could make substantial inroads at a school that – over the next few years, is poised to generate a lot of P5 caliber talent. You look at the 2025 class at Carl Albert right now, Tristan Haynes, Trene Washington, and Marcus James, all three of those guys probably going to be blue chip players in the 2025 cycle. So OU has offered all three of those guys. They are actively recruiting all three of those guys. But if you can get your quarterback of the future and – one of your 2024 running back commits to start peer recruiting those guys to Norman. It's pretty best case scenario because at a place like Oklahoma, if you have blue chip talent in state, you want to be able to count on getting those guys in your class and not have to think twice about it. And I would say, generally speaking, that's been true. That has been the case in the state of Oklahoma in years past, but it's also hard for some people to look at a situation like, for instance, the Cole Adams recruitment last year and to get over that. You know, guys that are OU caliber players that get out of Oklahoma's backyard, especially if they turn out to have a career arc the like of Josh Jacobs or somebody like that, then it stings all the more down the road. Yeah, absolutely. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet, text line. Any news on Platt from the 580? Any news on Platt? Well, I mean, no news as far as a timeline as to when his decision is going to be made, but that's regarded by most across the industry as an OU Oregon battle right now. Does OU have the upper hand? I, I don't know if I could say that confidently, but does Oregon have the upper hand? I don't know that I could say that confidently either. So it'll be a battle. Did you have your chance to uh, speak with Will Nwari, Nwari last night? I did not. Did not get the chance to catch up with he him. He's not answering the phone? He's not answering the phone. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know what that means. Oh, no. You know what that means, Steely. He's committing to Georgia. He's going it's between over. the hedges. That's it. He's not answering the phone from an Oklahoma reporter. Maybe he's just tired of answering calls, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm, it happens. Yeah. It's okay. been a busy few days of travel for him. I'll cut him some slack. 
Okay. Uh, so, again, Xavier Robinson. Notre Dame was uh, looking pretty good for him for a while, weren't they? At one point, been a while, but was Notre Dame at least his second choice, you think, at one point? You're talking about X? I'm talking about, or? yeah, Xavier Robinson. There was a time where Notre Dame was very high on his list. Yeah. And then Notre Dame kind of cooled on him, prioritized other running back targets, and at that point it strictly became an OU-Iowa State battle. Now, did Notre Dame cool on him because, of, well, maybe we can get somebody who we think is a little bit better, or this is going to be a hard one for us to close because Oklahoma's right there, and do we want to you know, use all our resources there when we may be fighting a – a losing battle. Yeah, I think Notre Dame in the end, and I, I do think if Notre Dame had pushed, they would have been able to step up and challenge Oklahoma. And that there was a time at which Notre Dame, by Xavier Robinson's own admission, led the race. But I think when you look at Notre Dame's 2024 class, they are recruiting very, very well right now. They've got upwards of 20 commits right now, I believe, off the top of my head. And so... They can kind of pick and choose at the running back position. And, you know, Oklahoma's always been open to taking Xavier Robinson as a third back because they're still going to press for Taylor Tatum. They're still going to press for Caden Durham. But the caveat was always, well, Oklahoma will take three running backs if the third is Xavier Robinson. Notre Dame was only ever going to take two. They had one committed. It was Robinson or another target of theirs that was going to be the second running back in the class at that point. It was pretty much down to those two, and they decided to prioritize the other guy. Was there ever uh, – well, Reggie Brooks was a guy that uh, from Tulsa who went to Notre Dame. Was there, has there ever been another running back from the state of Oklahoma? Reggie Brooks is the one that's popping to mind that ended up at Notre Dame. But Xavier Robinson's not going to end up at Notre Dame. Expected to pick Oklahoma uh, tonight, 6 o'clock. So there you go. All right, uh, from the 918, is Caleb Hicks going to be good enough to play this year? Uh, I, that's a tough question because is he good enough that he could play this year? Yeah, I think he is. And he's very physically ready. If you've seen pictures, video of that kid, he looks very ready to carry the ball at the power five level today, but it's the saw Chuck and Barnes show in 2023. So can you necessarily count on seeing a ton of Caleb Hicks? Can you count on seeing any of Caleb Hicks? Not right now. Depends on if they stay healthy or not, yeah. those top two guys, right? And then you have Dalen Smothers in the class as well. But, uh, you know, they're loading up a running back. Uh, as Angry Ronnie says, Robinson is, will be an H-back, not a running back for the Sooners. And that's that's kind of the general belief, correct? Well, I think – Jeremiah Hall type. Yeah, and – Obviously, I think it kind of depends on what offensive scheme Oklahoma is running at that point in time, because if Jeff Levy is still your offensive coordinator, it might be an entirely different conversation than if he's moved on to a head coaching role somewhere and you bring in the next man up, whether you're promoting from within or picking up an outsider as your next OC. So, yeah, a guy like that who has position and scheme versatility it depends on who's calling the plays. But moral of the story is Robinson is a guy that you can do a lot with. Yeah, versatile. As an offensive chess piece. From the 918 as we go to break, Reggie's brother Tony also played for the Domers. believe he was on that 88 championship team, which was the uh, the Tony Rice championship team. All right, yeah, I remember Reggie. For some reason, I don't remember uh, Tony. So uh, thanks for the info. All right, 405 
512-651-3439. Air Comfort, I'm sorry, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We Air Comfort Solutions is still out there, though. But the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, we'll, we'll also jump into some T-Row hilarity. I like this story for this morning. Uh, if you didn't get to hear it, he was approached by an aggro pickup driver on the highway. An aggro sp- pickup driver. Yes. Terrifying Texas aggro pickup driver. We'll hear about that also when we get back. Keep it here on the ref. Welcome back. You've got the young and the olds all together, Steelman and Thune. I'm also individually sponsored by Depends Undergarments, Metamucil, and Colonial Pen Life Insurance here on the home of Sooner fans. The ref, how you doing? 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You want to have some fun? Going to have a little fun? If everyone else is down for it. Okay. I know Ethan Downs hater will not Oh, be, well, but. he's not going to have any fun, you know, it's because the minute you jump away from recruiting for two seconds, you know, because he won't pay for a recruiting service, he'll go crazy. <laughs> but how'd you call him poor? No, I'm just saying I think there's some of that that happens from time to time. But I will say this, T-Row this morning, he and TJ always, you know, they're good for some laughs and some good information. And Toby was talking about coming back from vacation, driving back from Dallas, when he was approached by a very aggressive pickup driver. He says, these people in pickups are not nice. Here is how the conversation went down. T-Row's aggressive pickup driver problem. What is it about you people driving pickup trucks that makes you mean to everybody else on the planet? What are you talking about? you got about? a pickup truck. I Just something about people in pickup trucks. They're sitting higher than everybody else. And they just drive so angrily everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming home yesterday. We're somewhere in Texas, obviously. There is a, so it's three lanes, okay? In, I'm in the middle lane at the current time. In the far right lane is a semi. And the semi has just blown a tire. And so it's still driving it hasn't yet pulled over. It's starting to slow down, Blind but it is to pull over, yeah. It is spewing chunks of rubber oh. out the left side of its truck, okay? Oh. So I pull over into the left lane just to give myself an extra space here, not to get hit by a chunk of rubber spewing off this tire, and to give this guy space. You know, I don't know what his control situation is right now. Sure. And all of a sudden, at 150 miles an hour from the back of me is this big white Dually pickup truck. I'm sure it was a Texas size Longhorn edition. <laughs> He's all up in my trunk and my bumper, flipping me off and honking at me and everything. I'm like, dude, look to your right. There's fireworks going on to your right right now. I'm trying to get out of this dude's way. Not to mention, I'm going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit as it is. Slow your roll down a little, dude. I mean, it couldn't have been 10 feet I was in this guy's way. So I move back to the right, and as he goes by, he stares at me, flipping me the bird the whole time like I had the audacity to get in the way of his Texas-sized Longhorn Edition pickup truck going 120. I'm sure he had to feed the cattle or go to the oil well or just get him a new cowboy hat or whatever the deal was. He's flipping me the bird the whole time. Get out of his way! I'm being the safe driver here. 
We had another pickup truck later on that was like trying to pass us and and did pass us, but God, they're just so aggressive, man. That right, th- that see that Steely, mm-hmm. that right there is yeah. why Toby Rowland is the voice of the Sooners because yeah. he just adequately encapsulated every single driving experience I've ever had that involves a pickup truck and I thirty five into one anecdote mm-hmm. beautifully. Well, you know what they say about the bigger the truck, the smaller the yes. Because there's some overcompensation going on, you know. It, I, by the way, here's T-Row on the road. I, I was envisioning how this might sound again with a little uh, spicing it up a little bit. We throw the driver in there in T-Row's description, and then Buck Owens and Buckaroo. Here we go. <laughs> Exercise Longhorn Edition pickup truck going 120. I'm sure he had to feed the cattle or go to the oil well or just get him a new cowboy hat or whatever the deal was. He's flipping me the bird the whole time. Get out of his way! There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Little did you know today that you would hear from Buck Owens and the Buckaroos playing the song Buckaroo. That's probably what it sounded like in the pickup, too, with that hillbilly that was trying to chase him down. People are crazy. People are not. You know what? People aren't nice anymore. There's no civility out there, you freaking losers. Oops. I wasn't very nice there either, but you know what I'm saying? (sighs) Whatever happened to respecting your fellow human? What is it? I'm going on an old man rant here. It's social media. And these little punks are now raised with social media. And they think, yeah, I'm going to troll this old guy, <laughs> you know. And that guy ends up in a big pickup truck trying to run Toby Rowland off the road later in life. That's how it happens, right there. Luckily, T. Rowe survived that highway stalking and is just fine. So. I can't tell you how many times, Steely, I've been – cruising up or down i-35 and i'm doing like 15 over the speed limit Mm -hmm. because even the people in the right lane are doing five or ten over right right? i'm doing like 15 over the speed limit in the left lane passing a semi and i got a sem and i well i've got one of those dually pickups riding my you know what as I'm passing this semi, flashing his lights on and off at me, gesturing from behind his windshield. I'm like, okay, if this isn't fast enough for you, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, at this point, I can't help you. You're going to have to drive in the shoulder if you want to go any faster than this. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And here's the deal. I think most big pickup people, the big pickup people, are either really nice Like good, solid cowboys, farmers, whatever. They'll help you move. They're really good people. Or they're total, absolute jerks. There's no in-between. You're either really cool and you're, you're, you know, the salt of the earth, what America was built on in that truck, or you're a total, absolute, you know what? You know, big truck, short horn, says Big Rick. Uh, <laughs> so, so sometimes what I'll do, just out of spite, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's good that I do this. 
there are probably people on the text line that are going to get pissed at me because I'm acknowledging that I've done this. Oh, you don't lock them up? You don't tap the brakes, do you? No, I do. Okay. Oh, do if you? I also, if, I, if I'm passing a semi mm-hmm. and I've got a truck riding me from behind, what I'll do is I'll just slow down until I'm doing the same speed as the semi. Like, I can, I can hang here all day. And then eventually the cars will stack up and form a conga line behind me, and at that point I'll speed up and get in the right lane and let everybody go about their business. I'm like, okay, if you are, if I'm already doing well over the speed limit, I am not going to have you up against my rear bumper flashing your brights to try to get me to go faster or move into a right lane that I can't move into right now. Well, and look, there are more jerks out there than the big pickup truck jerks. The big pickup, that's redundant, the big pickup jerks. There are other jerks out there as well, but there seem to be more in the big trucks. I'm just saying, there seem to be a greater percentage in the big trucks. You know where big pickup guy becomes another problem is on when you have icy roads. Like, because big, big pickup guy becomes, I'm going to show them how this is done by God, you know, that guy. So, I'm just saying, the higher the truck is lifted, the bigger D-bag is in the seats, according to some people. So, from the 949, it is usually a white truck because he didn't have to pay for a color upgrade. (laughs) That generally, in my experience, that has been true. All right, as we go to break and we'll get back to sports, but you guys have experienced this phenomenon. Can we play T Row and the uh, truck guy into the break? Just play that into the break rather than a bumper. It'll be my last chance to hear from Buck Owens and the Buckaroos, and we will be right back. Enjoy T Row and the big truck into the break. Texas size Longhorn Edition pickup truck going 120. I'm sure he had to feed the cattle or go to the oil well or just get him a new cowboy hat or whatever the deal was. He's flipping me the bird the whole time. Get out of his way! Okay, everybody, T-Row versus uh, Big Truck Guy audio. That was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now the new Tri-City location, which serves Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do the very best at treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Riverwind Casino, have you seen the renovation? Have you been out there? If you haven't, you're missing out. It looks unbelievable. Room for even more games. They're up to nearly 3,000 electronic games. They have the best electronic game selection. They have all your favorite table games, a great poker room, high-stakes areas, a couple of those, best bars and dining, world-class hotel, incredible uh, promotions and service. Uh, New promotions on the way in July, early July, the 60K double play and double winnings promotion. Get out there and win your share of $60,000. And uh, also in July, the 20K Mad Dash with a blast promotion where you can win your share of $20,000 in cash and bonus play out at Riverwind Casino. And next up, concert-wise, July 8th, Mark Chestnut, along with Shenandoah and Tracy Bird at Beats and Bites 2023 Outdoors, presented by Coop Ale Works, food trucks everywhere, games for the kids, arts and crafts. Bring your lawn chairs, bring your folding chairs, bring your appetite. It'll be a great time, July 8th. Mark Chestnut, 
Also with Shannon Dillon and Tracy Bird, July 8th at Beach and Bites 2023 with a great fireworks show to follow. Next up at the Showplace Theater, after we reopened the Showplace with Earth, Wind & Fire and a great show last Friday, will be Collective Soul coming up July 21st. And you can get tickets for all of the shows. Remember, Beach and Bites is only 10 bucks, and uh, kids under 12 get in free, but get all your tickets for uh, Beach and Bites shows or the shows at the Showplace Theater online at riverwind.com or at the uh, casino box office right over there by the Showplace Theater. All right, 405-651-3439. We will talk about uh, Brent Venables and uh, the coming uh, season for the Sooners, number two for Brent. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Let's get some more texts in, though. 405-651-3439. From a listener in the 405. Sounds like Parker drives like the dad in Revenge of the Nerds. If that's a movie, I've never seen it, Steely. But that shouldn't be shocking because I really haven't seen any movies. So You just said, though, you were going like 10 miles over the speed limit most times, right? I get, you yeah. always feel like, like I, you I, had look, that imaginary zone. Well, as long as I'm with 7 to 10 miles an hour over, I'll be just fine. Well, then, exactly. then, you get the, then you get the lights behind you eventually. Yeah, let me tell you, though. You drive through Kansas, oh, boy. You got no margin. Really? None whatsoever. The I... I I kid you not, Steely. You know, I don't just spend time in Kansas. If I'm driving through Kansas, it's because I'm driving through Kansas. Like I'm only in Kansas to get from one place to the other. Usually coming home from here or coming back here from home. I've been pulled over so many times in the state of Kansas. Probably over the last five years probably six, seven times I've been pulled over in the state of Kansas. Now, I've only been ticketed once. It was on Christmas Eve, which was total BS. What is your story? But, How do you get out of the ticket? What do you say? Uh, you know, I just, I try to schmooze them. Do you add an outline? Like, I've got a, my wife is, she's going into labor and I'm driving, you know, to wherever. Uh, it's not usually that. Okay. It's usually just, you know, just chat them up about college football or something like that. It helps if they're a college football fan. Sometimes I get lucky. Like, there was this one instance, I kid you not, there was this time I got pulled over in Kansas, one of the many, and as he is grabbing my license and registration, there is another car that whizzes by in the right lane. Yeah. And he hands it back to me and says, you go on you go on ahead, have a nice day. I'm gonna go run down that person that just breezed by us in the right lane. Like, man, you can't ride it any better than that. There you go. That's But like I never I never drive more than ten miles an miles an hour over the speed limit in Kansas. Heck, these days I never drive more than five miles an hour over the speed limit. Cause I've gotten busted in Kansas doing like six over. I kid you not. They are very scrupulous in that state. Yeah, well, luckily you've only been ticketed once. That's good. All right, 405-651-3439. Some of these are really good. but Oh, here we go from a 918 listener. I bet Joe John drives a dually truck because he sucks at recruiting. Oh, no, here we go. We've tied big truck guy to Joe John Finley now. Oh, man. What's funny is there's a certain segment of the fan base, Steely, because you know Devon Mitchell came out and told a reporter that Miami's his new number one school, which may or may not be the Mm -hmm. case. I'd lean towards, based on the conversations I've had, 
in the last 48 hours. I lean towards that not being the case. But regardless, there's a segment of the fan base that has decided that if Devon Mitchell comes to OU, it's entirely because of the Hawkins connection. And if he doesn't come to OU, fire Joe John Finley. So, Joe John Finley, at least as it pertains to the Devon Mitchell recruitment, in the eyes of many, is going to get none of the credit if they do get him. And all the and blame. And all the blame yes. if they don't get him. That's the way it works, I guess. But uh, So, we've had, how many scapegoats have we had now? We've had Ted Roof, then his group, Ted Roof and the three-man fronts, uh, Todd Bates, could switch to Joe John Finley. Has anybody else been a scapegoat coach-wise? Eh, in the recent past, no. Pretty much just those guys. Yeah. Nobody – it's it's funny. You never hear a word on the text line about Brandon Hall. Well, I mean – Whether good or bad. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's – honestly, that's kind of the position you want to be in as an assistant coach because if they're not saying your name – Generally means you're doing your job because the assistants are generally subject to a lot more criticism than praise from many fans. Yeah. Well, we'll see what's going to happen again. Xavier Robinson's decision, 6 o'clock tonight, expected to pick the Sooners, and uh, there may be more commitments coming. You think uh, maybe another one before um, July? Before July? Yeah, I, th- I bet you Oklahoma has 10 commits going into the month of July. Okay. There you go. <laughs> No Malachi Coleman, no Mitchell, no job, says the listener in the Man, that's harsh. You guys are harsh, very harsh. Have some feelings for your fellow human being. What are you, driving a big, white, longhorn truck in the left lane, riding somebody's bumper like a very important broadcaster? Yesterday, T-Row, somebody endangering his, his life? That's not cool. Okay. You know, it's kind of like Wilford Brimley said in that commercial. We, we, we help you lead a better life here. That's what we do. We try to. Somebody said, the problem is kids aren't taught any lessons or morals in school these days. That's right. Bunch of little pampered pansies. They're pampered pansies is what they are. <laughs> the worst kind of pansies, the pampered pansies. We're coming right back. Stay with us. Hour number two here on a Tuesday. The two men talking, myself, Mike Steely, along with Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios on this Tuesday. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We were talking yesterday about uh, the Big 12 preseason media poll. It won't be too long until... The preseason media poll comes out. We'll have media days coming up uh, early next month. And uh, we are th- I, I threw out, I thought it would be Texas 1, K-State 2, probably TCU 3, OU 4, and Tech 5. Now, maybe it flips and uh, OU would be third and TCU fourth. But I think, you know, a lot of the – Hangover from last season when people think six and seven, how much better can they be? And TCU, even though they lost a ton, um, you know, what they did last year. Texas, I believe, I think will get the nod over K State because they have K State at home in the conference. 
K-State normally is a lot better coached, and they've had success in Austin in the past, but that's how I see it shaking out. But the bottom line is we've been talking about what Oklahoma needs to do, and they absolutely need to go out and win double-digit games this year. To me, the absolute floor for this season is nine wins during the regular season. That's the floor to me, Parker. I mean, look, and they lost a bunch of close games last year that, you know, could have very easily been W's and you finish rather than six and seven, you know, you're you're eight and five, which still isn't nearly good enough for Oklahoma. And yes, I understand it was Brent's first year. I understand Mule what he did and all of that stuff. But six and seven is unacceptable. And there were times where, you know, they looked lost. The head coach, even at times, I think, in some game situations, and it looked, it was Brent's first time around. You remember when you did a job for the first time. You might have been, you know, in one area at the place where you work and you were the very best at it, but you got put in charge of something else where you oversee everybody, and probably right off the bat, it's not the smoothest transition. That's kind of what it was like for Brent last year. I think they'll be better in game management. I think they'll be better, I would think, in clock management situations. But I do think that uh, they're going to have a bounce-back season. Would that be the floor for you, Parker? Nine wins? I mean, to me, that's as low as you can go. That's what the floor should be. Obviously, were circumstances to arise, a la, you know, if you're talking about last year, we all said the floor was eight wins, right? I think that's what we were saying about this team heading into the 2022 season was, you know, realistically, if everything goes according to plan, the floor is eight wins. Well, Dylan Gabriel gets hurt, and eight wins become six. And so, barring any significant developments that would very obviously impact the win total one way or another. And I'm speaking most specifically of injuries. Barring any substantial injuries that would shake the foundation for this team. Yes, I think the floor is and should be nine wins. And again, I I think that would be uh, mildly disappointing. It would be a turnaround, but based on what the schedule looks like, and I do think they'll have a better football team. They have more depth, you know, a year in the system on both sides of the football. Uh, I don't think you can lose that many close games again. I mean, you could, but I just don't see it happening. But with the schedule, you need to go out and go, in in my opinion, 10-2 and at least with the schedule. We'll see. Here's what Braden Willis said at the end of last year. Braden Willis, uh, really good player, great guy, you know, did the podcast on the Prairie. And, uh, you know, I thought it was excellent with Jeremiah Hall. But this is what he said about last year, his last year, obviously, at OU, moving on to the NFL. He said that at the end of the season, really, last year was just about building the foundation. Results were what we wanted, but, you know, at the end of the day, I felt like there were so many learning opportunities. I mean, just so many and guys grew up and we saw that in this game and you know the foundation has been set and I'm excited what you know coach Venables is is building here and you can see like our I mean five of our games have four or five four or five have been touchdown or less you know in the loss column so I mean you turn just the games that we lose by field goal you you know swap play for a play that they made for a play that we make you know, we're 
in a different position. But I'm so proud of you know the guys. I know that they're going to do big things. The guys are going to continue to grow up, and it's just going to go up from here. All right. So when you hear stuff like that, and Brent talked about Brent talked about this from day one, stripping it down. You know, the foundation, rebuilding things they the way they want to do it. When you hear that now on the text line, let us know 405-651-3439. Do you have belief or are you th- calling BS? Is it belief or BS for you? Why or why not? Um, I'm. I tell you what, it's BS for me. Boomer sooner. <laughs> um, I'm like the monkeys. I'm a believer, but I want to know. And if you have a dissenting opinion, if you are not a believer, tell us why. And if you do believe in what you know you're hearing, you he- you heard that from Ethan Downs recently during a podcast, man. So many little things and uh, trying to build the culture. You know, you hear the the culture word a lot, foundation, all of that stuff. And a lot of coaches and a lot of players talk about culture and foundation. So when you hear that now after what you saw last year, do you still have belief or are you calling BS? Let us know why or why not. 405-651-3439. Let's go there. Ohio Sooner says the depth was the biggest issue last year. Obviously, the non-conference was very easy. But I don't think that explains the massive dive in performance, especially defensively. With added depth this year, we won't have to have guys making 120-plus tackles a season like we did last year. I agree with that. Uh, from the 580, what is the floor if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt and JFA is the quarterback? To be honest, I don't think the floor changes in that circumstance. I think it would have to be an injury to one of your key contributors elsewhere. For instance... Say you lose Woody Washington. Say Woody Washington has to miss the season. Say Billy Bowman has to miss the season. Right? A member of that defensive backfield. And, yes, you do have some confidence and some optimism regarding the next generation, but we don't know what Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner and Peyton Bowen are going to look like at game speed in the Power Five this fall. We have a guess. We have an idea. We don't know for certain. And we saw what that secondary looked like absent Billy Bowman the couple of weeks that he was out, which I believe directly overlapped with Dylan Gabriel's injury. So there was a time last year, and it was an ignominious time at the University of Oklahoma, but it, there, there was a time where you were playing without your most valuable offensive player and your most valuable defensive player. Yeah. Well, yeah, and a lot depends, again, on the position, as you mentioned, and I think Jackson Arnold's going to be really good. Uh, you know, <laughs> Somebody said if that happens, the floor becomes national championship. <laughs> that, that would be the ceiling. But, no, I like that. I like that. All right. So, again, when you hear all the culture, oh, it takes time building the foundation and, oh, just a step here or there, whatever, do you still have the belief now or are you calling BS when you hear that? Are you like, shake your head, like, okay, I've heard too much of this BS. Go out and win football games. Why or why not? 405-651-3439. Somebody from the 580 texted in earlier saying, why is it that Texas always gets a break when they have a down season? Oklahoma has one down season, and like people think it's just the end of the world, that they're never coming back again. Part of that, I think, is because of the move eventually going to the SEC. And part of it is – because people just can't believe that Texas is that mediocre, even though it's happened for years and years and years where they've underachieved. A listener that I want to on the text line said the talk about the little things is triggering. 
if you know you're doing little things wrong day after day and week after week, why are you not improving yourself? As an individual, what is the problem? I think it has turned into a massive excuse for the team. But he closes by saying, I believe in Venables. Let's go. There you go. Yeah, and uh, I do think that having a top five initial recruiting class when you go six and seven helps a lot for those that still believe. They need to stack another great recruiting class on top of that one. And what do you think, like, the ceiling is on this recruiting class? You know, because everybody wants to think that everybody's going to fall to Oklahoma. You know, it's not going to happen that way. Uh, you probably won't get – I I don't know. I just don't think they'll get David Stone and one area. Maybe they will. But maybe you get David Stone and Nigel Smith, right? Or David Stone and Dominic McKinley. Right, yeah. Like the, seal, the realistic ceiling. Realistic ceiling is still top three for Oklahoma. Now, I would not project them in the top three. I would project them somewhere in the six to ten range right now. Okay. As far as where this recruiting class lands. And you need to be, if you're going to compete realistic, realistically to win the SEC and be an upper echelon team in the SEC, you better be in that range every year, right? I mean, you've got to – you can't afford to have one year where you're number, you know, 18 or something. Uh, which I don't foresee happening really for Oklahoma. I would think that would be really low, but you've got to keep, man. You've got to keep at it. You got to keep bringing the studs in, and not uh, Muleshoe's average was what in terms of where his classes would rank nationally. What would you say his average was? Somewhere in the I think like twelve. Eight. Was it that high? Yeah. Okay. I think his total average over his five cycles at Oklahoma was something like eighth. Okay. Or I yeah. guess he only had four cycles. The fifth one we give to Venables because Venables and his new staff did a lot of damage control down the stretch in 2022. So Muleshoe is responsible for the 2018 cycle, the 2019 cycle, the 2020 cycle, and the 2021. The culture and authenticity and passion of Brent is real and genuine, and I'm a believer 180 degrees from Muleshoe's politically correct BS all the time. Okay, what else do we have, Parker? What's that? From a listener in the 405 here. OU had starters last year who hit the transfer portal, and look who they're playing for now. BV is bringing in better players, and given time to develop, will turn into a big-time football team. Yeah, for instance, you had a starting linebacker last year in David Aguebu, who will be playing defensive end for the University of Houston as a fifth-year senior. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what does that tell you about where that linebacker group was at this point, at this time a year ago? Now, many will bring up the fact, and I think it's a valid point, I think it's a valid concern, why didn't you play Jaron Kanick more than you did? And I, I don't know if I will ever get a satisfactory answer to that question. But Oklahoma had virtually no depth at linebacker a year ago. And so it was Stutzman and Aguebu and Deshaun White on the field all the dang time. You're not going to be pushed into that type of corner this season where you're having to play the same three, four guys over and over and over again, trotting them onto the field every single series, and they're not getting a breather. Because you do have a lot better depth right? No doubt. at linebacker. You would think that, uh, again – you're going to have a lot more guys that can step out there and play uh, more snaps this year. 
and give those guys a little bit of a break. Oh, my gosh. How about this text from the 405? Jackson Arnold looks like a guy named Zach or Kyle that wears Fox and drinks a crap load of Monster Energy drinks. Does he? I, I, I've never looked at him and seen that, but I don't know. Maybe it's the goatee. Could, Could be, be the goatee. Could be. Probably the goatee. The buzz cut probably doesn't help these days either. All right, 405-651-3439. You guys are killing it, as always, on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. So let's keep those rolling in. We'll talk a little more college football when we get back. More on uh, the Sooners. And uh, recruiting update, Xavier Robinson today, 6 o'clock for his decision, expected to be Oklahoma. Stay with us. Be right back here on the home of Sooner fans. Back with you, Mike Steele, Parker Thune here on The Ref. 20 minutes after 1 o'clock, we're going to get locked in at 2 o'clock. Xavier Robinson's decision, the Carl Alberts running back slash H-back. Could be anyway at the University of Oklahoma. Announcement coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Iowa State, OSU in the mix. Sooners in the driver's seat. Iowa State probably a riding shotgun with Notre Dame and Oklahoma State in the back. Sooners, you say 95%. You feel about that strongly? Feels, feels very much like this one's going in OU's favor, and it has really ever since he took his OU official visit. So, and in the pipeline, we have like uh, Wyatt Gilmore, right? We have uh, Jay Sean Ross, Zion Raggins, um, Taylor Tatum. We think that are in uh, that area where they are. It's very likely they're getting ready to commit, right? So we'll see just how long it takes. The anticipation of those four that I mentioned would be Tatum first because he's regarded by many as the number one high school running back in the country and a great baseball prospect. And again, Skip Johnson is waiting, too, to see if he wins KREF Recruiter of the Month, which is a very strong possibility with the Sooners uh, landing a commitment from James Nesta, the linebacker for Cornelius, North Carolina, pitching prospect also who's going to play baseball. So Skip, uh, Skip right now has the inside track to KREF Football Recruiter of the Month. You know, I saw some footage of James Nesta pitching last night. I was making the rounds on Twitter, and I guess he's pitching down in a tournament in Florida right now or something like that, and watched some video of him throwing off the mound. Man, mm. and, you know, as as a former pitcher myself, I, I like to think I have a little bit of a better read on – the way that Nesta's mechanics are than the average, you know, casual observer. Because, you know, just having played the game and having pitched for as long as I did, you know, I obviously spent years learning how to, you know, generate better momentum towards the plate and just get all the mechanics working in the right direction to the point where uh, you're being able to locate and, place three four pitches without a hitch and also generate max velocity the more that i watched those clips of james nesta the more i realized oh man this kid's just scratching the surface like the way and it's it's hard to explain unless you're like a baseball person and i know baseball people are more infrequent these days than they once were but 
just watching the way that his body comes off the mound, it's clear that there's a lot more velocity to be unlocked there. And so, it, yeah, you're excited about Ness as a football player, but, man, I watched those few clips of him pitching and came away thinking, I wonder how good this guy is at baseball once Skip Johnson gets his hands on him. Because we know Skip can develop pitches. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's, uh, that's I'm sure, one of the selling points that he mentioned when James Nestor was around. Uh, because no doubt Skip has that reputation. As a kid, and you're, of course, still a kid, but growing up, who were your uh, baseball pitchers that you really liked or maybe emulated? Oh, Clayton Kershaw. Okay, I was a big Dodger right. fan. I'm left-handed just like he was. I wore number 22 for Clayton Kershaw. There you go, yeah. Clayton Kershaw. For me, uh, way back, we're talking old-timers game here, Vita Blue. Didn't we just lose Vita Blue? I think we did. Yes. Um, because the A's were so cool back in the day. They, I mean, they were just super cool. Uh, so Vita Blue would be number one. Nolan Ryan, number two. And then I I was fascinated by Louis Tiant, El Tiante of the Boston Red Sox. Mm. His windup. Louis Tiant, YouTube it, Louis Tiant windup. It, uh, whenever, you know, we would go out and we would, you know, play, we, it was our version of stickball back in the day was we would get a wiffle ball bat and a tennis ball and almost everybody who pitched to the batter would emulate Louis Tiant in his windup, which truly was a windup. Louis Tiant, T-I-A-N-T, check it out on YouTube. Those were my three growing up. Okay, back to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Mark in Newcastle says, Mule Shoe knew his program was on the downturn and used a multifaceted smoke screen to escape with his shine still intact. BV inherited a crap show that was not of his making and that outsiders were mostly oblivious to. BV's program is building momentum in the areas that count, and I am happy he's our coach. Good riddance to the other guy. There you go, Mark. That's a winner right there. By the way, I just got asked last segment, by the way, in a text, can you play the Mule Shoe branded bit again? I do have that in there, and I actually changed the first of it to make Mule Shoe look even worse than he is, which is hardly. But it's six. It's what is today? 27th. Yeah. This is the Mule Shoe branded theme that we, uh, we, we retouched up yesterday. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. End of discussion. Next, next question. Branded, scorned as the one who ran. What do you do when you're branded? Wherever you go for the rest of your life, you must prove you're a man. What was he branded with? Branded and like, and it just says coward. Would that be it? It's probably a cartoon caricature of a mule. That or, yes, or just a character running with the SEC chasing. How about the mouse emoji? We always have that one listener that will text in randomly and say, it's 2.13 p.m. on Wednesday, and mule shoe is still a (laughs) mouse emoji. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's go. 
Patrick says the Mad Hungarian was always a fun pitcher oh, back in the day. Oh my gosh, Al Raboski. Oh, the Mad Hungarian would get. Did you ever see his routine? Yeah, of course you didn't, but have you like seen it on YouTube? I've seen it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. the rosin bag. He'd get super fired up. Al Rabowski, the Mad Hungarian, and what a great nickname, by the way. They don't make nicknames like they used to. <laughs> the Mad freaking Hungarian. That was so good. What would your nickname be if you had one that like is not a direct spinoff of your name? Because obviously you have Steel Man, but your name is Mike Steely. So. You have to come up with something completely the original. The bombastic geriatric. <laughs> I love it. Did that work? Yeah, that'll do. The mad Hungarian. There's another youth. Kids, I know you're on YouTube. So Al Rabowski, H-R-A-B-O-S-K-Y, Al Rabowski, pitching. The mad Hungarian. That's That's maybe a top ten nickname of all time in sports. Mule shoes face with Clark and Cowherd sitting on his lap like dolls. That's that would be his tattoo right there. There you go. Okay. Someone wants to know who would Parker project as OU's defensive line class as of today? Good question. Okay. Let's dive in here. I believe they get David Stone and Williams Nuaneri. I believe they get Wyatt Gilmore. I believe they get Nigel Smith, and I will round out the class with Jaden Jackson and Zena Amozalu. I'll say those are the six. Really? Okay. Yes. There you go. Uh, another character pitcher, Mark Fidrich, the bird. Yes, in Detroit. What a rookie season. He talked to the baseball. That was great. Good stuff on the text line. Is Casey Poe going to Bama? We'll talk about that coming up next. Uh, we'll answer that on the Knippel Myers Chevrolet text line. What about Edgar Allan Poe? I hear it's either going to be the pit or the pendulum with Poe. We'll talk about that when we get back here on the ref. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was really bad. Stay with us here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, back with you. Two o'clock, we're going to get locked in uh, with Parker and Tyler McComas, as we always do at two o'clock right here on the uh, Ref Radio Network. Taking you through a Tuesday, 405 651 3439. Xavier Robinson, uh, Carl Albert running back. Decision tonight, six o'clock, expected to be the University of Oklahoma, which would bring the Sooners to nine. And how far. Could the Sooners move up in the rankings uh, just with this commit and potentially another one coming before July, whether it's Gilmore or uh, Jay Sean Ross or Zion Raggins or Taylor Tatum? And it could be, you know, in the next couple of weeks, might be all four of those guys plus Robinson. Um, how far do you think the Sooners could move up that ladder, say, by mid-July? Could they be up in the top 10, top 15? What do you think? I'd... I'd say especially if you get Taylor Tatum on board. You've got a chance to be top 15 by mid-July. That's within the realm of possibility. And I think that, you know, the biggest fish, or the biggest couple of fish, would be David Stone and Will Nuaneri. And if you get one or both of those guys by the end of July, and by the way, I think Nuaneri's deciding pretty soon. Do you really? Uh, yes. Yes. Mm. Um, Is that new news? Or, if you get one or both of those guys, you're in the top ten. 
So, Winery, you think, what, in the next two or three weeks? Is that what we're talking about when it comes to pretty soon? I Look, timelines are a tough thing to peg just right because they're so fluid and subject to change. Based on what I know right now and the general trend and direction of this recruitment, I would say that Williams and Winery is committed by the end of July and hmm. potentially by mid-July, potentially. And I, I okay, let me let me let, let me just clarify a little bit. Let me say it this I way. No backtracking tune. I heard by the end of July or mid-July, so I'm writing it down and I am texting you every day that he's not committed to OU. What's the matter, Thune? Where's Winery? I will bet you that a decision is made behind closed doors by mid-July. When that gets announced is obviously up to the kid. Hmm. Okay. We may have to play Charlie Rich again then, behind closed doors decision. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439, Doug and Norman. I didn't see the pretext, but he's talking about I'm older than you. It was the 1968 season, 28 complete games, 34 starts. He's got to be talking about Bob, Bob Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. Got to be, yeah. Omaha's own. Mm-hmm. Bob Gibson, man. That's He's the reason they lowered the mound, right? Wasn't it Bob Gibson? Yes. And that dude, you know, you <laughs> – you did not crowd the plate on Bob Gibson. Good one, Doug. I like it. I, I don't really remember Bob Gibson in his prime because I was about four years old. So the earliest for me, again, was Vita Blue, um, Nolan Ryan, back when, you know, Nolan Ryan would have been, let's see, with the Angels at that time after he was with the Amazing Mets back in the day, but uh, and also Louis, Louis Tiant. So... All right, uh, Parker, who's the secret commit for tomorrow? It's not Williams and Winery, Santa John. It's not him. No further hints. Xavier Robinson is announcing today. There, I, mean, I, I mentioned yesterday that I expected a commit within the next 24 hours. Again, this is what makes timelines so sticky is because one little thing changes and then the timeline isn't exactly what everybody expects it to be. So uh, the timeline for the other commit has been jolted just a little bit. Still going to happen this week from what I am told and potentially within the next 36 hours. Now, when you say secret commit, it is somebody that we've talked about a lot. I mean, sure, we've talked yeah, about them. Because it sounds like this secret commit is going to be this dude from Antarctica or something, you know. that. Do they play football over there? Probably not. Very In cold. Antarctica? Very cold. What's the lowdown on Jaden Jackson, asked the 405? Well, I'll tell you this much. You get David Stone in the class, especially if it's relatively early, i.e. mid to late July, and you got a very, very good chance down the stretch with Jaden Jackson as well because those two are teammates and buddies at IMG Academy. Oklahoma hosted Jaden Jackson on an OV last week. You get Stone in the class, it's not a guarantee that Jackson follows, but I would say it is a, a high probability. Justin Denson, the defensive back, OU Michigan State battle down the stretch here. Freaking that one's been a- Michigan State. I'm sick and tired of them. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just that that that's been kind of a weird process. I uh I don't know for certain where Denson ends up right now. I don't. I don't think he's a hundred percent decided one way or another. 
Did we hear anything uh, at, after uh, Terry Bussey's visit to Austin? I mean, I, yeah, you heard things. Like, we all heard things. At, at the end of the day, I, I don't expect that guy to end up in Oklahoma's class. I kind of treat it as the type of deal where, you know what, if things swing in OU's favor and stuff picks up quickly, then great, it's a pleasant surprise. But just not somebody you should move forward with the expectation that there is sooner. If that okay. makes sense. Yeah, there you go. All right, from Guy, Nolan Ryan, Mike Scott, early 80s, how I became an Astros fan. Mike Scott had the uh, – was it – did Scott have the uh, split finger? I know Bruce yes. Suter had the split finger yes, also. Yes, that was – the original Michael Scott. Yes, that's right. Not the Dunder Mifflin one, the Astros version. You know, the uh, the Astros unis, the old school unis, you either really loved them or hated them. But, man, I the, thought they uh, – What did they call them? Tequila Sunrise? Mm-hmm. Cesar Cedeno, I thought that was the coolest sounding name ever. They had J.R. Richard back in the day, Enos Cabell. Bob Watson scored, uh, I think, the one one millionth run in baseball history uh they had nolan ryan and jr richard on the staff at one time the astros but mike scott was pretty pretty good first pretty off, wicked first off who keeps track of how many runs have been scored in baseball history secondly how did you just happen to know off the i top just of remembered head, that, who, that let's see if i'm actually correct bob watson i believe scored the one millionth run in baseball history i just that, that weird stuff sticks in my brain this darn near sexagenarian brain <laughs> never ceases to blow me away. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Brian in Tulsa asks, is Joseph Jonah Jonier going to Georgia? Yeah, that's kind of the expectation. A listener in the 430 says, Bussy is an Aggie. That's not an unsafe bet by any means. I've always felt Texas A&M has got a really good shot there. I think Texas obviously has a quite a good shot. LSU's in play. Oklahoma, after the OV, has a much better shot than they did. But I, I just still am not buying it. So the misses for OU in this class so far have been Bryant Wesco. And Peyton Pierce. And Peyton Pierce. Yeah. And you said Sims was – Sadavian Sims. So-so. Yeah, I mean. But one, two, three, that would be it. Would it be Pierce one, Wesco two, Sims three? Or would you rank it differently? I would rank Wesco above Pierce. Just because I think that's a baby CD lamb. Somebody said Sammy Brown. Sammy Brown was always kind of a long shot. Yeah, for Sammy you. Brown was not coming to Oklahoma. There was a very, very minuscule chance that Oklahoma could even like get to the point where they had more than a puncher's chance on the OV. And of course, the OV ended up not even happening because he committed to Clemson. So, yeah, any anybody who was operating under the impression that Sammy Brown was going to end up in OU's class was fooling themselves. Okay, before we break, Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, a one-stop shop for entertainment and winning, dining. They have everything. We had a great show last Friday night, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I got a lot of reports on that. People who went said it was real and it was awesome. And... Uh, the next show up at the Showplace Theater will be Collective Soul, and that will be July 21st. Tickets still available, Josh Turner on July 28th. Tickets still available August 25th for the Counting Crows. Don't forget, we have sold-out shows that are also happening. Gabriel Iglesias, REO Speedwagon, Chicago. All those shows are sold out. 
But we also have Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis coming to the Showplace Theater. Tickets are available at Riverwind.com. And again, uh, the reports I got on Earth, Wind & Fire, it was great. Great to have the Showplace back again after a three-year hiatus because of the pandemic. And if you've ever seen a show at the Showplace Theater, really great acoustics, very relaxing environment. There's really not a bad seat in the house. So get your tickets for those other shows now at Riverwind.com. Next up for Beats & Bites 2023 is a show July 8th. It's going to be a festival, and it'll be a great one. Mark Chestnut, the headliner, with Shenandoah and Tracy Bird. Fireworks display afterwards. And again, we also have a show in August, August 26th, for Beats and Bites from Gary Allen, um, who will also be on the Beats and Bites, Coop Aleworks Beats and Bites stage. But again, the next show up, July 8th, with Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And new promotions happening in July. Look forward to the 60K double play and double winnings promotion. Get out there. Use your wild card. Play with your wild card for a chance to win your share of $60,000 in cash and bonus play. That starts July 2nd. And the 20K Mad Dash with a blast promotion starting July 8th out at Riverwind. And if you haven't been out there, go out there. Check out the renovated areas. Uh, like the food court has the big screen TVs all around you now. It's unbelievable. You've got great dining options. And if you haven't seen the newly renovated Riverwind Casino, you're going to be very, very impressed. Break time, one more segment. We'll get as many texts in as we can. 15 minutes away from getting locked in at the top of the hour, right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. From the uh, Twitter comes the question, how will Jocelyn Erickson uh, leaving OU affect the Sooners' championship chances? Well, I mean, Jocelyn Erickson was highly recruited. She got off to a really good start last year. And I'm not saying I, – I mean, it won't be much of an impact. Now you have, obviously, Jordy Ball left of the portal, Sophia Nugent, Jocelyn Erickson. You lose uh, Alex Storacco, Haley Lee, Grace Lyons, Grace Green. Yeah, Grace Lyons is going to be a, a tough one to replace. Yeah. Based on her leadership, her glove skills, you know, timely hitting – just the way all of those players in that roster respected her. Um, great, you know, presence in the locker room. Grace Lyons is going to be an extremely difficult one to replace. You've got uh, Jada Coleman, Tiari Jennings, Kenzie Hansen coming back. You got uh, Lisa Brito. You got Sid Sanders and Riley Boone, Nicole May, Kirsten Deal on the uh, in the circle. So Oklahoma's going to be fine, but it's not going to be as, as easy next year to go out and win the championship. Even though they will be favored, we'll see what happens in the uh, Porter with Elena Vader. The uh, I think probable that based on what I'm hearing and hear what Plank is hearing that there's a good chance that uh, the Stanford pitcher comes to Oklahoma. What's going to happen with Taryn Kern, the uh, infielder from uh, Indiana? We'll have to wait and see. The Sooners are going to be fine. They're going to be favored to win. But I would say the degree of difficulty is going to be more difficult next year. Santa John on the text line points out that uh, Wyatt Gilmore, four-star defensive end in the class of 2024 from Rogers, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. OU lean right now. Uh, Santa John on the text line pointed out that Wyatt Gilmore's teammate, Wyatt Bell, was offered a PWO at the University of Oklahoma. Really? Okay. I tell you what, old Miguel Chavez, all he doing is recruiting white boys from Minnesota named Wyatt. Maybe. As long as they can play, it doesn't matter, right? That's what we're talking about. All right, uh... 
405-651-3439. Big Rich, the girls coming in, the freshman class are amazing. Yeah, I owe you recruits like Georgia or Bama in softball, like Georgia and Bama doing football pretty much, right? So, anyway. Uh, from the 430, here goes a pipe dream. OU has three running backs committed before July 5th. Robinson today, Tatum tomorrow. Whoa. And Caden Durham on the 4th to set off the fireworks. I, I don't think that's a pipe dream. I think the only pipe pipey, dreamy part about that is by July 5th, right? Uh-huh. Other than that, the, ti- the timeline is the pipe dream. That will be... A class of those three running backs? Not a pipe dream by any stretch. You know what the worst 4th of July ever was, right? Uh, what was it? Uh, the Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Okay, yes. Yeah, refresh, refresh, refresh on Twitter, and then my next chapter <laughs> popped up. What? I recall vividly, Fourth of July, twenty twenty, the COVID Fourth. On that day, the Sooners received commitments from Caleb Williams. And Latrell McCutcheon. Holy cow. Within hours of one another. The COVID fourth. Caleb Williams and old burnt toast McCutcheon. You know who the real pandemic was? Mule shoe. (laughs) He infected everybody. (laughs) Mule shoe and COVID are one and the same. Pretty much. Is that what you're theorizing here? Maybe Big Pharma was behind the move, Mule Shoe to L.A. Big Pharma's kind of creepy, aren't they? I don't know. I don't Do you ever get n- the feeling that the healthcare system, they, you know, we'd like to cure you, but if you keep taking these drugs, you'll just be better. Just keep taking these. What was the, what was the series that uh, Michael Keaton was in? On Hulu, but where they got the entire place uh, somewhere, I think it was in West Virginia, addicted to uh, Oxycontin, pretty much, this whole town, experimenting. I don't know. We're on on the verge of getting into an all-out political war on the Kittemeyer Chevrolet Tech Stop. I'm going to shut up. Okay. Oh, man. Uh (laughs) Big Rich and OKC, I can't read that text. As much as I would like to. <laughs> what, which I didn't see it. Which one? Oh, never mind. There's another one on top of it now, so we'll just we'll just let it get buried. Um, from the nine one eight, Parker, where do we stand with Michael Patterson McDonald? I feel very good about OU and the four star safety out of Westmore right now, and it to me it speaks volumes that he canceled his Michigan State official visit. Look, at this point, that kid's options are go to Oklahoma or go somewhere like UNLV. Can we point the nukes at Michigan State? Would that be ethical? (laughs) What? I'm just tired of Michigan State. They're popping up too much. Sheesh. Point the nukes at them? Maybe. I mean, you know, you've got to have the nuclear football or whatever they call it in desperate situations. And Michigan State's popping up too much. Let's Dope Sick was the name of that. Yes, that was a great series. Point the nukes at Michigan State. Is that what it's come to? Like, to be honest, I'm... Okay, I, we'll Michigan just, State doesn't really we, bother. They're not relevant enough. We will aim some Roman candles in their direction. Okay, That's sure, Roman we'll candles. Fourth of July. Save the nukes for Miami or Oregon. LaDonna from Lubbock. Yes, I agree. I'm not saying it, but I agree. I think you're right. And the 843. 
Thank you. That was the name of the series that Michael Keaton was in, Dope Sick. Dope Sick. Never heard of it. They had the kid in We Are the Millers who rapped uh, the waterfalls. <laughs> he was He's grown up and he's working as a pharmaceutical rep, and I can't ever see him in... I only see him in We Are the Millers. I know. Once you, once you do a role like that, it's rap. hard to dissociate the reputation. You got to stick. Or the connotation, yep. I guess. You got to stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. TLC told us a long time ago don't go chasing waterfalls. Who is the waterfall in this class? Could it be David Stone? Could it be Williams? The waterfall Winnery? was Sammy Brown. Yeah, Sammy that's, Brown that's was true. the waterfall. The rivers and the lakes that they're used to are David Stone and, you know, any others. Like Xavier Robinson, who should commit to Oklahoma tonight at 6 o'clock. Everybody, have a great rest of your Tuesday. Let's get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas. Another great hour on the way right here on The Ref.